Hey there, welcome to episode 111 of the While We Were Working show. It is a show that helps you become a better people leader and stay on top of HR topics that you may not have been aware of. Why? Because you're so busy working. I'm your host, Julie Price, and I'm joined as always with our awesome co-host, Summer Ketron, who's our consulting practice manager here at Jumpstart. And we've got a fascinating show today. We are gonna talk about state interviews and are they still relevant? And then another topic that we'll cover in our consultants corner, which is where we talk about HR life in the trenches, is how do teams with US employees work well with those who may be hired, employed, and engaged in another country? So we're gonna talk about cross-cultural communication here. And without further ado, let's get into it. So Summer, you wanna set us up with while we were working? Of course, and welcome everybody to this week's show. We're so glad you're here, whether you're joining us with the video feed or just catching the audio, uh, we're thrilled that you're here. The uh, While We Were Working segment of our show is where Joey and I scour the internet, reading articles, blogs, other podcasts, consuming as much content as possible, looking to bring you a topic that's interesting, that you can learn from, that will inspire you. And well, you might've missed it because you were so busy working, but that's okay. Your friends here at Jumpstart got your back. And this week, Joey, it's HR Brew. We've got a couple of friends over there. Yeah. They they sent out a really cool uh, email uh, that touched on why some experts say state interviews are a good HR practice. Now, we know because this is the space that we live and work in every day. But, you know, if you're perhaps a new people leader, a new business owner, or maybe you've just been doing other things, you may not have heard of state interviews. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about them today. Yes, yes. And let's go ahead and I'll I'll define state interviews for those who may not know. And just so we have a shared understanding, it's it's uh, the the interview you give someone about what makes them stay. So it's kind of like if, if it were in the customer uh, service world, it'd be like a customer satisfaction survey. <laughs> it's the customer satisfaction survey of your employees. So you're asking questions like, why do you work here? Uh, what could we improve? Uh, if a competitor opened up across the street, what would compel you to want to apply? And it's a way to get intel um, from your team members, about what they love, what they're just kind of meh about, and then what they really wish you could change. And so state interviews are awesome. I think they're a great retention strategy and recruiting strategy because you understand what keeps your team members motivated to, to be at your, um, at your job. And that's a state interview. So Summer, what do you, did I miss anything, anything you want to share on top of that kind of that definition i think it's great to build that foundation just kind of understand first of all like what are the heck are we talking about and so i'll i'll break it into a question for reflection which is if one of your top team members was considering leaving your company do you think they'd tell you and i'd say if you're unsure or the answer is no then you might want to consider conducting state interviews because there is so much attention around exit interviews 
But if you're having an exit interview, it's far too late. So the idea behind that state interview is to really focus on employee retention. And in a survey that was done by the payroll processor Paycheck, they determined that only 27% of HR leaders actually use them. And so in my mind, Joey, I'm thinking, hmm, well, that means if I'm sitting with three of our top competitors and I'm doing them, then I have a competitive advantage because... Most, approximately 75% of other companies aren't doing them uh, and they really should. They really should. <clears throat> yeah. And we place so much emphasis on exit interviews, but state interviews are incredibly important because when you ask someone what they change about the organization as they're walking out of the door, they don't have a vested interest in making things better. So they may not even care to tell you, or be honest, but stay interviews help you identify with people who are vested and still employed, what you should work on. For sure. And there, there's a couple of ways that you can implement stay interviews. I mean, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, there's no way I could get to like all of my team, like if it's a larger team, I mean, certainly gathering everybody's feedback is important, but organizations that I've worked with before with state interviews, um, in some cases take an approach of uh, state interviews at a certain level of their organization. Like maybe it's a level that's most critical for if there's departures would have uh, the greatest negative impact um, on the organization as a whole. And, you know, it doesn't mean that not everybody's role is important. It just means that if you have to pick and choose, that's a place to start. And a company that I worked at years ago used to do this for district managers um, and managers of restaurants, because certainly the amount of time invested in training and replacing those roles was was a pretty big deal. Yeah. And so at any point in time where somebody was identified as what we would call at risk, that meant that we had to run some interference, right? If they were at risk of leaving the organization, we needed to probe and understand what is making them at risk for leaving. And is there anything we can do well, to, you know, identify the root cause of the, their, their thoughts, their consideration, and to get them to a point to where they're no longer considered at risk? Yeah, that's incredibly key that you had those mechanisms in place and you were able to do that. And it's super important that we do that on the employee side, because as, as, uh, managers or executives, or even folks in sales, right. We get it. And it makes sense on the customer side, right? There are flags, there are metrics, there are warnings, there are triggers that people that we, uh, sell to might say that get us to think, oh, wow, I don't think this person is going to renew or I don't think this person's happy. So we get it on the customer side, but for there are only be 27% of HR leaders using state interviews as a retention strategy. That leads me to believe that there's a disconnect between uh, understanding the value of reten retaining a customer and understanding the value of retaining an employee or a company might not care enough about retaining employees. And so why, why ask, why bother if you're just not going to do anything with the information? 
Gosh, I feel like we've said that before, Joey, in regards to exit interviews on a prior episode, but it's completely true. It's like if you have zero intention of actually doing anything meaningful with the information, then you're actually better off not even asking because you will lose trust. And I I think about when it comes to state interviews, how valuable they can be. I mean, not only for team members who are at risk, but let's just say that you have somebody that's not necessarily at risk today, but they're kind of trending in that direction. I think being able to identify what their employee experiences and what things could improve their likelihood to stay doesn't mean that you can or will, but I think just creating that space to have the conversations to let them know that they're heard and that their thoughts and opinions matter, I do think it goes a long way. And, you know, if you can drive some change as a result, that's the ideal outcome. But, you know, just even letting their voice be heard says a lot about the organization and how much they care about their team. And let's face it, team members want to be cared about. They want to work somewhere where, uh, they know that, you know, they're more than just a worker. We've talked about that time and time again. And so, you know, I think there's a direct correlation, Joey, between uh, turnover, between employee satisfaction, between employee engagement. And if we can just solve maybe even a fraction of these through having stay interviews, I think I think it's a big win based on the numbers. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. And and the article points to uh, a gentleman is named Trevor Bogan, uh, who, who really echoes that, that thought of, of treating employees as valuable that you mentioned. He says, uh, you want to convince that person to stay within the organization because you see them as a valued asset to the organization. And, you know, not to to flip things on its head here. I don't think we need to change the brand of human resources to human assets because that probably just feels a little more weird. But but really and truly, when you value something, you want to make sure that you are doing what you can to uh, show that a person is valued, just like you said. So I think it's incredibly important to look at uh, your team members as assets. Uh, and so you should do what you do with assets. You value them, you assess, you know, where things are going and you're accountable to your performance against what the assets are are telling you. So yeah, I think, uh, Trevor's onto something. See that you see your team members as valued assets and take the conversation from there. Yes, and if what we've shared isn't enough already to convince you that state interviews is a good investment and good use of your time, I mean, really think through, uh, if you're conducting exit interviews, what some of the reasons that team members are citing that they're leaving, and really look at this as a proactive approach to try to reduce or eliminate those reasons from potentially even becoming factors to begin with. And I think even through investing in all of this time, you're going to slightly uh, make steps of improvements towards like overall improving your culture, right? Because you're opening up those lines of communication. You're sending even stronger messages to your team about how much they 
are valued. And those as a whole start to drive employee engagement and employee satisfaction. We know from working with all of the companies that we do that it's those small changes that collectively add up to bigger change. And that's how if you're a small organization, you're going to be that one out of four that we discussed previously is doing the right thing and is going to give you uh, definitely an advantage. You know, Summer, sometimes I feel like a broken record sometimes with saying the same things over and over, just in different angles and different topics. But what I realized, and I had a conversation with a, a client today, it's a, a newer client, and I was saying something that is very familiar to us, but they were very curious about that thing because it was it was new to them. And so I love having conversations like we're having here on the pod and getting new listeners in, new members of our community in, uh, because what to us seems, you know, common, right? Do this day interview. It does its results. For someone who's tuning in, it's truly going to be a game changer. And so I I would implore you, if you're listening to this conversation, if you're watching it, stop what you're doing, press pause, and jot down three questions that you would ask on a state interview. And if you don't think that you're going to transform your business, if you aren't convinced that it's a big deal, just in your next meeting with a, a team member, ask them those three questions and tell me if you gain some valuable insight about how you're operating your business that that moves the needle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure you will. And so I, I love just being able to help people with uh, their approach and strategy, um, even if we're saying same things over and over. Uh, but but for, for a new listener or someone who just thinks that convincing, that's why we show up with consistency and and are consistent in our message. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you shared that, Joey, because as I was thinking about this topic, I thought, well, I know we've covered this topic in a slightly different form before, but, you know, at the end of the day, I also feel like the overarching problems that we solve, like, could probably be tied back to, like, you know, baby uh, like 20 or so larger topics that are all quite similar, right? But I think it is valuable to share these, you know, these strategies for companies who maybe it wasn't on their radar before, but something's changed. And so, you know, now it's top of mind. It's kind of the idea, like if you're in the market to shop for a new car and you've got your eyes on a certain car, then suddenly everywhere you go, you see them, but it's because you've perked that awareness in your mind. And I think that's really the purpose of revisiting these topics on, you know, uh, a a decent frequency is really important. And like, let's also face it, that company culture and needs change too. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, I'd love to have some help in trying to figure out um, how to be that one in four company who is doing state interviews, but I'm not sure how to do it myself, then please reach out to us here at Jumpstart. You can connect with us for a free consultation uh, by visiting jumpstart-hr.com or um, you can send us an email, hello at jumpstart-hr.com and we'd love to chat with you 
and see how we could help. But Joey, was there anything you wanted to add before we wrap up this episode? No, I think I think we've said it all. I think we said it all. And I challenge our community to go get those day interviews done and report back to us how they had an impact on the way you operate your business. So, I mean, without further ado, we can we can go ahead and consultants corner. All right. All right. So um, here's a really fun topic that uh, we wanted to bring to you. And it's uh, deriving from a conversation that we've had uh, with one of our clients uh, in the recent months. And you know, they ultimately came to us and said, hey, uh, we're a U.S. based company, but we also employ team members who work remotely from an international location. And understandably, we've run into a couple of uh, major differences in terms of working together that come back to a you know cultural difference between the two countries. And gosh, uh, how do we even start to address this? Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think I think what really uh, made it clear to me that no matter where you work, you've got international colleagues, even if they're not on the payroll, is uh, when the uh, Russia-Ukraine uh, crises uh, started and just understanding and seeing all of the tools that we use that uh, have, uh, whether it be Ukrainian uh, co colleagues there or colleagues in Russia. And so not to belabor the the setup for this, but just to say that the idea of working with someone internationally, whether it's on your team or working with a vendor or whatever the case may be, we should all have some level of uh, cross-cultural sensitivity, cross-cultural awareness, cross-cultural empathy, because more and more uh, the world is becoming small and you are interfacing with people uh, in, in places that you may never travel to. Um, so I think it's pretty cool, but I did, I did appreciate that we've got this on, on our, on our, um, docket for today because yeah, even we have members who are international. So I'm looking to, looking to learn from, from this too. So what are some of the things people should pay attention to when there are international colleagues, uh, in, in the mix? Well, I feel like this could be a whole hour episode in itself, but we'll try to cover the highlights in a short period of time. I, I think for me, the number one um, is to encourage open communication because that's, for me, like the starting point for all of the other things that companies can, should, um, or could be doing, right? But if you don't have that open communication with your team members, it's really difficult to say, um, conduct cultural sensitivity training if they're not receptive to it. And uh, so encouraging that open communication, we're just, you know, letting your team know that this is a safe space to provide feedback, that we encourage uh, you to share it, that uh, we want to hear it, and to know that you can come to us and we, we have an open ear. Beyond that open communication, Joey touched on it, it's promoting cultural awareness. It's, you know, providing the training to educate team members about the different cultures, specifically if they are 
um, individuals that they're going to be working with and helping them understand different customs, maybe even different communication styles. And again, comes back to communication, encouraging those open discussions about cultural differences to foster understanding. So number one, encourage open communication. Number two, I would say promote cultural awareness. Uh, but there's many, many more things that companies could do. And I bet you have a couple ideas too. Yeah. You know, whether, whether, um, this, this next thing is in person, uh, for example, if you gather at a conference or you gather for retreats or you have people coming in, or if it's virtual, so creating virtual spaces like your Slack, your teams, your hangouts, all those things, think about inclusivity. Uh, and understand how you can maybe even offer language support for employees who may not be fluent in English. Uh, what can you do to provide translation services so that your employees are grasping and understanding the concepts that you are are talking about? Um, Summer, I'll I'll never forget it. It was my first time speaking internationally, and uh, I was in Sofia, Bulgaria, which. Um, there are many languages spoken there, and uh, it was just cool to see how I, as an English-speaking American, could go to Europe and address an audience that uh, doesn't speak my language, but still understood the business case for what I was talking to them about. And uh, they had headsets on. You could choose your channel, right? So there was English. There were other different languages that you could um, you could get your translations in. And um, that goes a long way to making sure that your employees are feel included. Um, because even though someone may have a grasp of the English language, it may not be their, their primary language. It may not be a language that they have a level of mastery in. So thinking about how you can include uh, one another through uh, signage that is in different languages, tra translated into different languages, um, translation services through, through spoken, spoken word. And just thinking of those things can go a long way. Uh, another thing too, to think about would be the idea of, uh, you know, cross-cultural collaboration. Um, thinking about if you're one team, you've got one vision for success that you're chasing that one vision for success may look different in the EMEA region than it does in the Latin America region. Mm -hmm. It's different than the U.S. region because cultural norms are different, uh, expectations are different, economics may be different. And so if you want to reach different customers, you want to understand how do we do it in a way that is uh, culturally aware and culturally uh, intelligent um, for the place that we're, that we're at. Um, one thing I do is uh, that I have great pleasure in is I, I partner with a, a company called Estriva to do some of their masterclass sessions. And I get to interview HR colleagues from all across the globe. And one thing that's pretty cool is we're all facing the same challenges. So I'm asking questions that someone in India, someone in Europe, someone in Latin America, someone in the U.S., they've all got a response to, but they have a different context to where they, where they live. And so 
think about just collaborating on those goals that you're trying to reach if you have customers and employees in different regions. I love that. And I think there's so much more to cover in this, but unfortunately, Joey, our show is at time. So maybe we can wrap this up with you sharing how can our listeners get in touch with us if they'd like more information or support uh, with this in their organization. Reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com. You can schedule free 15-minute calls and learn how we can serve your organization. Or visit us at jumpstart-hr.com slash shop to let you employ, click and buy some of our services such as employee handbook services, prepaid consulting hours, and multi-subscription support. Summer, as always, thanks for a great show. We talked about a lot of fun things and can't wait to do it again next week. So take care. Awesome. Thanks, Joey. And thanks, everyone, for coming to our show.